Hey, welcome to PT Snacks Podcast with Casey Hogan. I am so glad that you guys are joining today. If you are tuning in for the first time, this podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to further their knowledge, but in concise segments of time. So we are limited on time. I want you to be able to spend time doing things that are also important to you, whether it's spending time with friends or family or just whatever it is that you want to. But today we are covering the rotator cuff. So just basically a brief overview. We're going to be looking at what is the rotator cuff? Like, why do we need it? What does it do? And then a little bit about patients who have this, what they might complain of and how we look into that. So really excited about it. And let's just go ahead and go from there. So the rotator cuff is basically just a group of muscles in the shoulder that help make the shoulder stable. So in the glenohumeral joint, that's the the specific aspect of the shoulder that we're talking about. It's a ball and socket joint. So the humeral head is connected to the glenoid cavity, but you've got a large spherical humeral head and then a small glenoid cavity, which is great for if you need a lot of mobility, not so much for stability. We've got static stabilizers and dynamic stabilizers to help address this because obviously you don't want your arm to just fall out of socket, right? So our static stabilizers are going to be things like your capsule, your labrum, your glenohumeral ligaments, and then there's also negative intraarticular pressure. For dynamic stabilizers, we've got our rotator cuff and then the long head of the biceps brachii. So basically the main role of the rotator cuff is just to stabilize by compressing the humeral head against the glenoid. Just keep it in there nice and tight. Why why is the shoulder like this? Well, if you think about it, it makes sense in terms of what we do with the arm, right? You need to have a lot of mobility and in reaching for things and lifting things. We're not typically putting a whole lot of body weight through our shoulders like we are in the lower extremity. So it's okay to get away with a little bit less stability, but you still need to have some stability in there to prevent things from going wrong, right? So today we're focusing more on the rotator cuff. Yes, it's a group of muscles that help to stabilize by compressing, but what is the rotator cuff? We've got our supraspinatus, infraspinatus, subscapularis, and teres minor. So you might have heard of the, the mnemonic sits for this. Um, it's just the first letter of each of those muscles in case you're being quizzed on this. There you go. You're welcome. Um, but what do these muscles do? So what is their function essentially? Starting with the supraspinatus, that one pretty much abducts the arm. But more specifically, more so in the initial like zero to 15 degrees of shoulder abduction. And then the deltoid kind of takes it from there for the rest of the way. The infraspinatus and teres minor are both external rotators. And then the subscapularis is the internal rotator. So patients that have something going on with the rotator cuff might complain of pain in the lateral aspect of their shoulder, might hurt more with overhead activities. They might have a painful arc at about like 60 to 100 degrees of shoulder abduction, which makes sense if they're having pain with overhead stuff. And then they also might complain of like, hey, at night, I cannot sleep on the side. It hurts too bad. And then it can also be acute or chronic. So just pay attention to the patient history on on what makes sense for this. If you're testing it, and meaning testing the muscles, for the supraspinatus, you're going to start with the empty can. So that's where the the arm is out at 90 degrees abduction and internal rotation. And then you're just going to push down on it 
If it's positive, that means it was painful or weak. And then the infraspinatus, you're going to be resisting their external rotation with their arm in neutral and then their elbows just flex to 90 degrees. And that one's also going to be positive if it's painful or weak as well. Now the Terry's minor, similar. Um, we're looking at the hornblower's test. That's with the arm at 90 degrees abduction in the scapular plane. And then the arm is flexed at 90 degrees. And then you're resisting external rotation against resistance. So that one's going to be painful or weak as well. And then the subscapularis, that's the liftoff over the bear hug test. So the liftoff is where your hand is going to be behind your back with the palm facing outward. And then you're basically just trying to see if the patient can lift their hand away from their back. For the bear hug, the patient's going to put their ipsilateral palm on the opposite deltoid. And you as the tester are just trying to pull that arm forward, aka anteriorly. And you're trying to see if it's painful or weak to be a positive test. So that's how you test it, but like, what are you testing for? So some examples of pathologies with rotator cuff are like rotator cuff tendonitis or tendinosis. And then you're also looking at, okay, what about shoulder impingement, which is kind of a nonspecific term, but we usually use it in a lot of, um, like regarding patients that are having pain with overhead activities. So you can have internal impingement and external impingement. Internal, we're looking more at like overhead throwing athletes. That's kind of your classic uh, demographic that we're looking at. And that's more like the posterior lateral articular side of the cuff is abutting the posterior superior glenoid rim and labrum when the shoulder is in maximum abduction and external rotation, aka their late cocking phase. So it's just, it's impinging at that side. External impingement you're looking at external compressive sources, which makes sense, right? If it's external impingement, externally, it's being involved. Internally, something internal internal is involved. So that is just a brief overview of the rotator cuff. I'm going to attach an article that a lot of really good information is in the show notes, but Thank you so much for listening. Please let me know if you have any comments, questions, concerns, want me to clear up anything. At the end of the day, this podcast is meant to be helpful. So if I can help you in any way, please tell me. You can reach out at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com or I have a website, ptsnackspodcast.com as well. And then new on the horizon, I'm going to be putting together a Instagram account. So take a look, come follow me. And then subscribe to the podcast. Um, that way you don't miss any episodes and we can uh, keep in touch from there. So have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining me and until next time.